Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. October is that what we're calling it? Spooktober. You know, it's Spooktober again. You can call it Spooktober. You know, just don't call us late for dinner. Kira just what? glared at me. She just <laughs> glared at me. Um. Uh, so Adam has to start at this episode with an important statement um, regarding our last episode, which was "What a Girl Wants." <laughs> Um, in which we spoke about British people. So we have a new follower. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm being canceled. Um, so it's like, Adam, you have to take res- accountability for what you're doing. Well, Adam, um, you, t- you were the one taking responsibility because I went down on my lunch break at work, looked at my phone, saw the message in our inbox, and just fucking panicked. And you took it upon yourself to, like, be the better person and reply. So thank you for that. Okay, well, let's not dance around it. Um, So the other day, or, okay, so last week, in case you didn't listen to uh, What a Girl Wants, the episode, I, um, I, I was on here just spouting about how British people don't exist. And um, how the UK is not a real place, and how um, if it was a real place, they would like rob trucks with muskets. And I. <laughs> and we said, and I quote, "We definitely don't have any British listeners. Our our stats don't tell us that we have British listeners, <laughs> folks. Um, we have one British listener <laughs> that we know of. Um, yeah, that reached out." Um, so I, I, but here's the thing. I have a theory here. Um, so the, the anchor stats where we upload the, um, the pod on those mm-hmm. stats are from Spotify. Now our yeah. British listeners may listen Apple music yeah. or, uh, Apple podcast, or um, like, um, YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, if not, um, uh, anchors lying to us and they're trying to get me tacked a fool on the pod yeah. because I think publicly just for them to like you know come after me and mm-hmm. um no the dm was very nice we got a dm from a uh listener who just um she she said she was a big fan of the pod and that you know uh but she 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 liked she liked the episode a lot but she just wants to know more uh about why i think the uk is not a real place and um it's through this dm that i've come to the realization that british people do exist crazily enough and um you know this is just it's news to me and all i can do is really say that moving forward i will you know go about it differently you know i'll uh 
I'll, <laughs> I'll really, I'll choose my words more wisely next time. Like when I say Govna again, like I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure I'm sensitive about it. Um, like when I'm drinking tea, I'll make sure it's hot. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Adam, um, I, I, I think that's really a beautiful sentiment. And I think that if you were ever canceled for real, like, I think you'd be able to handle it. Um, if I got canceled for real, would it be about like talking about Sally from Cars's tight muffler, or would it yeah, be- yeah, I- you won't shut up. You won't stop talking about Sally's muffler, and it makes me uncomfortable. Oh well, you didn't say that. I <laughs> <laughs> you've been looking at me as you're saying it, and I'm like, stop. You did not say stop. Um, okay, okay. This, is, this is getting intense. We're we're not here to talk about British people or um, Sally's tight muffler. We're here to yeah, talk Yeah, there about, are no British people in this movie. Um, actually, Emily Mortimer uh, begs to differ. She came in from across the pond just to star in this movie. Damn. Yeah. We're talking so, screen three, guys. Yeah, we're <laughs> continuing in the Scream series. Uh, because uh, why not? It's October, it's almost Halloween, and also Adam and I are both going to see the re-release of the first one next weekend, as well as the trailer for Scream 5. Yeah, I can't I... believe we're seeing a trailer for the new Scream in like a week. It doesn't feel like real to me um because i mean i don't know like i mean i obviously like i know that they shot the new screen movie i actually had a friend that worked on it so like it's all real to me like i'm aware that it exists Mm -hmm. but i feel like even when the trailer drops it won't feel real to me (laughs) that a Mm -hmm. screen movie is coming out again um and you know with that being said um i'm incredibly excited to see scream on sunday on the big screen which i've never gotten to do before yeah i was just gonna ask if you've ever seen it in the theater no i've never gotten the opportunity like i've always hoped um because i have a local art house theater here um shout to the Enzion theater in orlando mm-hmm. um they do an amazing october selection every year of cult classics mm-hmm. um but at least in the time that i've been going there which is like eight years they've never once shown scream and i get disappointed every year um mm-hmm. by that uh so when i honestly when scream 5 was announced i was kind of like oh they're gonna do like a re-release of the first one yeah like so um and they're screaming it in 4k to like it's also to promote the new uh, 4k blu-ray mm-hmm. uh god i'm such a nerd and all this like bullshit um <laughs> isn't that an anniversary or something it is it's the 25th because it came out in uh I mean, it's gonna be ninety six, right? Yeah. It was yeah, ninety six. Uh, it came out in December of ninety six, so it's kind of early, but you know. Um, but I, I, I'll just preface in case someone listening has not listened to our other Scream episodes. Um, Scream is my favorite movie of all time, like bar none. I it's the movie that I've seen the most in my life. Um, I, I know every line to that movie to, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to cure his dismay. I, <laughs> I will quote it unprompted. Um, Scream 2, I love dearly as well. I think it's like one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, we'll talk about Scream 3 tonight. And 
just the franchise as a whole that I, I just really have a huge affinity for. And it, it's what I lo- owe a lot to in my life when it just comes to like my love for movies and horror and writing and just honestly, like a lot of my personality is owed to Scream. So with that in mind, I'm excited to talk Scream 3 today. Yeah, I, um, I've i never seen this. I've seen the first one, like I've said on every other episode. Um, I've seen the first one like every year for the past few years for Halloween. And um, I just never really watch the rest of them. And every Halloween I'm like, oh, I'm going to. And then I just like don't. So I've just been going through as we did with Fast and Furious until I like dropped the ball. Sorry. Um, and every time... Yeah, I'm just, like, watching them for the first time and using the pod as, like, a motivation to, like, watch them for the first time. (laughs) You know? No, absolutely. And it's always fun to me when we do something like this um, because, like, when you have no memories with it, like, Mm -hmm. it's always fun to kind of, like, dissect your feelings um, uh, with no, like, nostalgia in place. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of um, Scream fans, they have a very complicated relationship with scream three it's it's actually a pretty divisive movie in the fandom yeah Uh, i um i was like reading through like i mean like letterbox reviews everyone that i follow gave it like a solid like two or three but mm -hmm. then like every like it has like a terrible like score overall on like among like critics and the old tomato site. <laughs> the old tomato. Um, yeah. So, do you mind if I preface, like, before we get into our thoughts in the movie? Yeah. I kind of want to share my insight into production because I think it's fascinating, like, okay, the story please. behind this one. Um, so, this was in production in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like two, I think, like a year and a half after the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't jump immediately into a third one like they did with the second one. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of like let time like they let it breathe a little bit more in this one um and a big reason for that was because right before they were about to shoot the columbine uh massacre happened Mm -hmm. and the studio panicked because the original draft for this movie was completely different Mm -hmm. um than the movie that we got it was about um basically sydney returns to woodsboro and a bunch of teens get killed again Mm -hmm. and um, it turns out that Matthew Lillard is still alive from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And he's the main suspect, but he's, like, in prison and, like, disfigured from the TV falling on his face. Yeah. So he's like, well, I can't really do it from prison. Um, <laughs> and then the, the the big third act reveal is that all the teens that died didn't actually die. They're a part of a cult. And the cult leader is Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um and he's been, like, orchestrating it from prison, and he just kind of made, like, a hive of ghost-based cult followers mm-hmm. and has been, like, manipulating them from prison. And so, like, basically like, every victim that you see get killed in the movie prior to that is just actually ghost face. And it was supposed to be, like, this big, like, thing. And I, like, I think two weeks before um, they were going to start shooting it, Uh, columbine happened Mm -hmm. um and it makes sense that they rewrote it and they restructured it i get that um the interesting thing to me is that they didn't really change the production timeline too much Mm -hmm. they wrote this really quickly um 
Kevin Williamson, who wrote the first two movies and the fourth movie, he his script kind of got abandoned. And this guy named Aaron Kruger came in and mm-hmm. wrote his own Scream 3. And when they were making it, and they even after they changed the location from like Woodsboro to Hollywood and from teens to adults, they were like, we also want to cut down on the gore. Like, and we also don't want that many kills. We want less kills, less gore. Um, yeah. We want it to be more of a comedy than the, uh, the other two, which the other two are funny, but they were really like, we need to make this a full comedy because like America's not ready for this. Um, and Wes Craven like really pushed against that. He was kind of like, Listen, I get toning it down, but, like, I'm not going to make a screen movie with no blood, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, so I think, I can't remember the exact timeline of how quick they wrote the script for this version. But from my understanding, it was really quick, like, maybe three months, which is insane. Um, They completely recasted, retooled the production, the script, the story, everything top to bottom. And... Then you have this, this very divisive uh, closing to the trilogy. And with all that being said, um, I still kind of like it. I think it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, I think it's like obviously like not like great or perfect, but I think it's like really good what they did, how it's like extremely like meta. And I think that, I mean, it's Zillennial canon, like, it's a it's a film set movie (laughs) yeah you know running around on a film set and like driving a golf cart and just seeing people dressed up like aliens and being like oh shit (laughs) um you know (laughs) fucking jay and silent bob okay yeah visceral reaction from the bottom of my gut (laughs) gag i had been told before that they were in this and i completely forgot and just yeah, I I can't even I can't I can't bear to to um, acknowledge Jane Silent Bob. Unfortunately, you know. Um. Well, Kira's back on her Mean Girl shit. I no. <laughs> I I respect Kevin Smith. I do. I just think that that I've literally met Jason Mewes. Um, he's very nice like super 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 nice I'm just like that is such like a phase of my life that I've um destroyed you don't have to justify it it's fine I don't really think it's that uh that funny either like I think it's just kind of passable it's more like what the fuck than anything because like yeah yeah I don't care that it's in there it was just mostly like oh shit there they are yeah (laughs) um and I can't believe they have a new movie like in the past like year yeah I saw it um yeah. only because i really like the first jane and bob movie like a lot um and i'm a fan of clerks like i actually like a lot of kevin smith's like earlier works but the new one i it, it had its heart very much in the right place but the movie itself was just like I it don't know. sucks because i like him as a person and i think he yeah. seems like the nicest and sweetest person and i just i i'm i just want him to be happy however i'm just like Dude, like, <laughs> I just wish you'd do more stuff like Tusk. I really like Tusk a lot, um, but everything else, like, I didn't, I didn't see Yoga Hosers, and I didn't see, uh, I, I honestly, I forgot what else he's done. But listen, so do you remember over the credits of Tusk how it was just the podcast audio of them coming up with the idea for Tusk? It's, yeah, I yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what this means. We gotta make a movie. <laughs> I'll get Joey on the phone. Um, yeah, our listeners will. Uh, our listeners will send us money to fund this mm-hmm. movie when when we come up with it on our Smodcast. Um, Patreon subscribers, you hearing this? Um, so like you you mentioned like the film set thing, and um, one not to like fully jump into it, but mm-hmm. like one of my favorite scenes in this movie is that ghost face chase with Sydney on the film set. Mm-hmm. And the way she's, like, treating it like an actual house, but then she opens the door and she's, like, fucking flies on, yeah. on the set. Um, I know everyone says this about every uh, every horror movie, but it's about the trauma, y'all. Um, so, that, I'm glad you brought that up. And, you like, yeah, I, sure. Like, a lot of horror movies are about trauma. No, but um, I mean, like, the way that, like, the film studio, like is basically, like, a fake version of her house that, like, she hasn't returned to. Mm-hmm. So she's just, like, going through it, but it's also, like, not real. Yeah. Well, yes. Like, definitely. Um, but, like, something I wanted to bring up, like, a larger point that in- includes that. And again, I get it. I know it's funny. Like, every horror movie is about trauma or about um, grief or mm-hmm. uh, something or, like, toxic masculinity or, like, whatever. Um, sure. But there's something I've always really liked about this movie, mm-hmm. um, in the way that it portrays Sydney as, like, a character. Yes. Um, I was just gonna say, um, I know it is said by every single person who likes horror movies, um, and, like, movies in general. She's probably one of the best, like, final girls ever. She's my absolute favorite. Obviously. The second that it opened with, like, where she's at now, I was just like, okay, this is perfect. Like, her being, like, a, like, operator for, like, a helpline for women who are, like, being abused or, like, have gone through traumatic events or whatever yeah. is so cool. Yeah, and, like, the way, like, she has, like, a very and she secure... she seems so happy. She's just out in the woods with a dog. <laughs> Yeah, like, the way she has, like, a very, like, security-driven house, but, like, she's also, like, very out, like, in a big space. Like, it's just, like, so open. And I think it's really interesting to me, like, how there's not one, like, actual ghost face attack at that house. Like, he kind of sets it up like it's going to go that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, that place in the movie is kind of, like, treated like a safe haven, almost. Like, mm-hmm. this, like, that place, like, represents peace for Sydney. And I honestly, the way they handle her character, like this movie has like a lot of issues with like character and script stuff at points, but honestly, top to bottom, everything they do with Sydney in this movie is like fantastic. And it kind of cements her as like my favorite final girl of all time, mm-hmm. because I don't know, just like the way they write her and the way Nev Campbell portrays her is just fantastic. Did you hear about, um, not to like go off topic, like the final girl support group? Mm, no okay so there's a book um called like final girl support group it either like just came out or it's like about to come out oh it came out this past july like literally before it came out it was already like bought by hbo max to be a series um but it's basically just like a bunch of different like final girls i don't think they're like actual like characters from movies but it's basically like you know like 
like characters just like characters who have been like final girls in situation um yeah yeah it's gonna be like a hbo max series and then like it becomes like a like a horror um you know no it sounds good like just like a bunch of final girls like being you know the guy who made it is like uh working on it oh andy muschietti i like him a lot Mm. um what do you call it uh did you see the final girls that movie um from like 2015 i think Mm, maybe it's the Uh, girl her mom is like yeah 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 i liked it a lot I like that. Yeah. A, it made me cry. I remember because um, the ending is like really beautiful. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I mean the mo- the movie's pretty good, but then the ending like really stinks up on you. Good cast. Um, yeah, good good fucking movie. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but yeah, like I've always. I mean, that's always been like an idea that people like, in the horror community have had. It's like, I mean, it'll never happen. Like a movie mm-hmm. with like a bunch of actual final girls like together. Most yeah. of it's like studio shit. Um, but well, like the trope, um, it doesn't have cool. to be like specific. I feel like it would be like so fucking shitty. Like, I'm just imagining like if it was IP, like it would just be like that scene in um, Wreck It Ralph, <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet, where it's like all the princesses having a sleepover, like bonding over their trauma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I don't know. yeah at this point i don't care um no honestly i'm still waiting for my freddy versus jason too so like let's fucking go um but yeah we should do more like ip crossovers like that like who cares if they're like perfect like we just need like let's just let's do it you know unironically i agree like because the thing is like with freddy versus jason like seeing him just like fucking throw a machete at Freddy is cool. And I'm sorry, like anyone that disagrees is a fucking loser. Um so my like, only context for Freddy versus Jason is like kids on the playground being like, let's play Freddy versus Jason. I like that like no matter if you grew up in Florida or New York, you all have that memory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like I, like, tweeted about it. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the pod because we haven't really covered, like, horror movies since. But, like, I'm, like, kind of new to watching horror movies. And I'm watching, like, recently ones that came out in, like, the 90s and 2000s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it before. Like, the kids that, like, wore, like, the bloody ghost face mask on, like, for Halloween and stuff in, like, elementary school. And... I recently saw Candyman for the first time, like, the old one, like, to go see the new one. And I'm, like, there were so many kids, like, in the middle of me watching it, I'm, like, there are so many kids in elementary school, like, talking about, like, Candyman. And then I'm watching it, and it's just, like, an incredible film. And I'm just, Mm -hmm. like, these kids were literally just sitting here watching this in elementary school. Like, imagine, like, being exposed to cinema in elementary school. And not knowing it. Yeah, yeah, like it's such a good movie. Yeah, the first Candyman's fantastic. I also really yeah. like the new one. I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, and it's like it's the same with Scream. It's the same with um, like I don't know, 
Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even the first Nightmare to an extent. I mean, yeah. as Nightmare went along, it got like a little like campier to a worse degree. But like, yeah. um, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, and, it's great. Um, even the, I mean, honestly, I feel like Friday the 13th has never been like great per se, but the culture of it and the like lore of Friday is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So that like, I understand like the love of it. Um, even though I don't personally like love any one Friday movie. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's really interesting. Like how it's almost like that. Um, how there's like that saying, like, you don't have to like see ghostbusters to have seen ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you just being on the internet or alive in the 2000s like you mm-hmm. probably have just through montages and clips and things you have seen ghostbusters yeah even if you haven't sat well, like it. my like um experiences with like horror movies as a child were always like like i talked about it i covered jennifer's body on i was scared too i i feel like i've covered it elsewhere too i don't know i feel like i'm always talking about jennifer's body but it's on criterion um, it's crazy it's on the channel i want them to release it on blu-ray yeah because like they've there have been like special edition blu-rays um for it that have like really cool artwork and stuff but like they're like i don't know there's so much more to be talked about with jennifer's body always but um yeah like uh i remember like i was like having like a sleepover with a friend and she was like flipping through the channels really fast and like it was like on and it would it like just happened to be the scene where she's like coming out of the water in the end like where she's like coming at her with like the teeth and stuff and I literally like screamed and I like turned around and I wouldn't turn back around until she like changed the channel or like my cousin one time did the same thing to me with like Blair Witch Project like it was just like on like encore stars or something and she was just like flipping through the channels and like put it on and I was just like no or like human centipede I was just like in the basement of my friend's house like and she just like put it on and I had because I was we were having a sleepover I put my pillow in my lap and I put my head like behind the pillow because I didn't want to watch it and I just like fell asleep because I I didn't want to look at the tv and I just remember hearing like gross like noises and stuff See, it's so funny to me that, like, people get scared ever. Like, I don't know. It, yeah. Like, because, like, I, I, it's not even, like, a flex on my behalf. Like, I'm almost, like, jealous sometimes, like, when people get scared by movies. Because, I like, I wish I felt that. Yeah. Because, um, like, I love horror. And I will, like, literally see any horror movie. Like, even though it's, like, a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I never really feel scared with movies. Um, mm-hmm. And... I, I guess that's why I, I love Scream so much, even though they don't, like, necessarily scare me. Like, I just find, like, so much to appreciate, like, on a... Even aside from, like, directorial craft, like, just the writing is really what I always go back to. Um, with all four movies, honestly. Like, even this one being the weakest link of the three, like, there's something about... Even just the production troubles and, like, seeing it as almost like a Frankenstein project. Mm-hmm. It's kind of admirable that they even, like, pulled it off cohesively at all, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I was necessarily scared of horror movies. I think I just, like, wasn't used to them. And I was, like, kind of, like, squeamish when it came to gore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's also just, like, 
I would be totally fine, like, introducing a kid to horror movies at, like, a younger age. Not to, like, make them, like, desensitized, but I just feel like it's, like, if you show it to them and you, like, make a point to be, like, hey, this isn't real, and, like, show them, like, this is how they do makeup, this is how they do this, like, then it'd be, like, cool. Then you could, like, like, I don't know, when I went to Halloween Horror Nights, I saw all these, like, badass kids in, like, Halloween Horror Nights merch, and I'm just, like, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I like, mean. That's they're like honestly, the coolest kids ever. <laughs> that's honestly how I felt when I was a kid. Like, cause like I, I, I started off like terrified of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I, I don't know. Like, what I kind of like just put it upon myself. Like, I've told this story on the pod before, but like, I like my first memory of watching Halloween, which mm-hmm. I want to say is probably the first horror movie I've ever seen fully. Maybe uh, was when I was like seven or eight on like Halloween night on an AMC just sitting on the floor after my mom went to bed just like eating candy from my basket and just like w- like I was just like my eyes were like wide open and I was like holy shit like <laughs> this is like it just blew me away like I was terrified and I could like he- like hear my heart beating in my chest as I was watching it but I was also like transfixed by it like I was like this is incredible <laughs> at a young age and and I think after that, that's where I went down, like, the rabbit hole. Like, Chucky and, like, you know, Freddy and, like, all this stuff. And, yeah, like, I think if I didn't have that, like, one night, you know, that one Halloween night where I really pushed myself into it and I didn't go down that rabbit hole, like, even, like, Cloverfield and stuff like that, like, was very formative for me in a horror sense where I, I mean, granted, that movie's PG-13, but it's super bloody. Mm-hmm. And like very very bloody and very scary like just on a sound level like that movie's incredible um yeah it's like our second episode um but i remember even watching that i was like terrified of it but i was like i just couldn't get enough either and i i see a big trend of that especially from people from our generation where they talk about horror and they're like yeah it traumatized me but i also like couldn't get enough of it and yeah. i think that's kind of a weirdly beautiful thing and you know, again, to, like, rope it back to Scream as a franchise as a whole, I think the reason why Scream as a franchise is so beloved is because it's kind of, like, a celebration of horror. Like, it's a celebration Mm -hmm. of the art form of horror on film. And it makes fun of it, but it celebrates it, and it's just, it's everything. It's everything you love about horror in a series. And that's why new directors and, like, writers and stuff want to go back to it. Yeah. I find it fascinating. I really do. Yeah. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Superyaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. 
Plus, the team at Subriaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Superyaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. So, first off, Dimension Films logo check. Yes. I, <laughs> um, I'm going to miss that when Scream 5 starts because it's Paramount now. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it'll be great, but I, I am going to miss it. Um, so I actually really like the opening to this movie. Um, oh, yeah. It was very unexpected. I was like, all right, who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the other ones were that. cameos. Yeah. Um, would you, have I you mean, if you think about it in the context of the movie, it's kind of a cameo. What? Like the... Leaf that he's only really in the beginning? Oh, well, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah no i know by like random iconic celebrities yeah yeah, yeah. have you had it spoiled for you the opening for scream 4 uh i'm gonna be honest with you i don't remember what i ate for lunch today so no i'm glad i, <laughs> I like i don't <laughs> want to told it but i don't remember no it's good that's good um yeah that's good so scream 3 the opening for this one has again like I, I'm gonna keep referencing this, but like a lot of the fans like don't like this opening. They think it's like like tamer and like less suspenseful. Mm-hmm. But there's like a genuine like adrenaline to it that I really like. Like the racing home in time before like yeah Ghostface gets her, and even like the voice changer I think is like a really interesting kind of like change of I don't know pace for the series. Yeah. Um, I do think this movie kind of relies on it a little bit much. Definitely. But, yeah, you know, what can you do? No, I agree. I, I had think, a great time. <laughs> I think um, that, like, it gets a little bit silly at points, like, when he can, like, literally, like, take any voice ever and talk yeah. with it. And it's like, okay, it's like, so now I'm going to, like, second guess, like, literally everyone who's speaking and we can't physically see them. Mm-hmm. And... And, like, that's the point, but it, I think it's a stretch too far. But I think in the mm-hmm. opening scene specifically, it works really well. Because, like, when she, he's on the phone with, like, what you think is a lady at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, flirting with her. And then it suddenly changes to Ghostface. <laughs> like, I remember watching when I was, like, 12. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. There's just something about, like, the opening of this one. It's just, like it's really eerie like the way that um she gets out of the shower and then out like out of nowhere the music just starts blasting from the other room yeah and yeah I'm, the music in this one is uh it's pretty great yeah it i mean honestly every screen movie for our like if they have any faults like the music is always fantastic and mm-hmm. especially this one like it has really good musical cues mm-hmm. um and that opening it just really utilizes it like super well like mm-hmm. I mean, again, that jump scare at the stereo, it it, it got me then, and it still kind of gets me now. <laughs> like, it's a creepy rock song. It's very unsettling Yeah. Uh, when it starts playing. Um, but I will say, something that's apparent in the opening scene 
Um, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, is like the lack of blood in this movie. Mm. Like it's way less gory than the others. Um, yeah, even in like, not to jump ahead, but like, I feel like there were almost like a few kills where it was like you saw the body and then it was just kind of like pulled away out of frame. Yeah, I mean, especially that one with, um, I, I can't remember the actress's name, but she plays the actress that gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you literally see her go like slam through a glass door and like get stabbed with the glass and the knife. And there's like barely any blood. Like there's like a little bit dripping, but. Yeah. And I just think back to either like Drew Barrymore or like even Jada in Scream 2. Like mm. those were like bloody fucking scenes. Like really, mm. like you felt it in that moment. And while I enjoy this movie, one definite criticism I have of it is that I don't think there's like even really one good death in the entire movie. Yeah, I can't really think of. Also, like, I know it's kind of like this, like it, the precedent has been set in the series for this, but the whole like, just kidding. I had a bulletproof vest on. Just kidding. Yeah, I'm actually alive. <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely, it's really corny, um, mm. but it's, this movie is so playable from the get that it's hard for me to, like, be annoyed with it. Like, I think. No, I yeah, be, absolutely not. I would definitely, like, if, for example, if they pulled that in Scream 2, which Scream 2 is jokey, but it has, like, a pretty serious tone when there's actually death going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if they pulled that, if they did Scream 2, I probably would have felt it more. But this one is just so cartoonish from start to finish that it's kind of like, yeah, checks out. Yeah. Like, I, like, um, so one question I have for you, because I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you haven't had this before, before watching it, but how do you feel mm-hmm. about the, um, the Randy, Jamie Kennedy cameo? Um, it was silly. It was like, uh, I was just like, this might as well happen. Honestly, yeah, that was my reaction to it. Yeah, I felt pretty. Uh, I mean, as a kid, I like loved it because that was like my favorite character in this movie or in these movies. Um, there's actually like a plan in the original draft to bring him back as well, like to mm-hmm. say like, um, oh, he survived too. His family's like kept him like hidden, like with his protection, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like Jamie Kennedy and Wes Craven were both like, that's just like a. Sh- it's a, it's a step too far like it's it's not <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> and i'm glad yeah. that like the the creatives behind this franchise they at least have like a they have a limit um even with the bulletproof vest shit um yeah. intact like they even character wise they have a limit with what they can do um and that's saying something because horror is a genre that is like the worst perpetrator of like bringing back past characters yeah. Like, Laurie and Halloween has been brought back, like, three times. But also, she's a god. Oh, no, I'm, like, I'm not complaining. Really, no, yeah, I agree. She, yeah. I, like, Halloween kills, I can't fucking wait for her, but... Um, she's probably gonna just, die in this one, too, and then come back in whatever. There's supposed to be a third one. Like, yeah, a third. I, uh, I fucking so. hope so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I don't know. There's, there's definitely, like, a limit to this one, where it has a lot to say i think Mm -hmm. and i don't i think it bites off more than it can chew like for sure but there's also a part of me where i'm i think it's like very admirable what it's saying about hollywood Mm -hmm. and like the system and the way it treats like actresses that are coming in like it's really interesting a little bit ahead of its time 
I'm, uh, I don't want to say it's ahead of its time because like Hollywood has always been like this, but you know. Also produced by Weinstein. I was, yeah, I was just going to say yeah. <laughs> it's a Miramax film. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit crazy to think about. Like, it's like you really have to think about like how successful the first one was mm-hmm. because like, they were notorious for like destroying movies like and like not giving directors final cut yeah didn't bong chino have to like literally like lie to him to like finish snowpiercer yeah something something (laughs) like that something about like i don't remember if it was i don't remember what movie it was but like the director I think it was Bong Joon-ho, but, like... It was Bong Joon-ho. Like, I remember the story. I just can't remember what he liked. Yeah, they had to be, like, I can't cut the fishing scene because my dad was a fisherman, and it's really important to me, like, like, this is in the movie. And then afterwards, he was like, no, I don't know any fisherman in my life. Like, (laughs) That's so good. Love that. And then, um, apparently, um, uh, oh, my God. What am I talking about? Um, sorry. What are you talking about? I'm trying to remember, like, a specific story. You know, um, the worst perpetrator of this is when they cut down Alex Jones, a.k.a. No, Adam Jones, a.k.a. Burnt, the Bradley oh Cooper John. <laughs> don't even talk to me about Burnt. I want that as, like, a t-shirt. Like, a like don't even talk to me until I have my coffee. But don't even talk to me about the film Burnt. Parentheses, Adam Jones, starring Bradley Cooper. You know what? Good movie. Um, no, but um, I don't remember which movie it was, but, like, Miyazaki, like, mailed, um, like, Harvey Weinstein a sword that said, like, no cuts because, like, he didn't want to, like, he, like, refused to let him, like, cut the movie or something. Yeah, I don't really get, I mean, I'm not getting onto the whole, like, why do the Weinsteins do what they do thing? Because, like, they're terrible people. But, um, yeah, like, this movie really is, like, ahead of its time, like, with all that shit. And it honestly feels like they're speaking, like, directly to the Weinsteins. Like, mm-hmm. it, which is just crazy to me that, like, that made it in there when, like, I, I, don't, I don't have to say it. Like, they were producers of this movie. Like, they probably had say in the edits, Mm-hmm. And they watched this movie and they were like cool with everything it was saying about the system. And I don't know, like, it's just wild to me that this, like, like, I guess that's my entire thing with this movie. It's like, I, I have faults with it. I think there are like very fundamental issues with the script and the characters and mm-hmm. just like, like the lack of gore and like what they allowed. But there's a lot of ambition on the table. Like, and when I said it's like a Frankenstein project, I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Like, it, it's a mishmash of, like, really clever ideas. And while I think, like, the final product of, like, a Kevin Williamson, like, written Scream 3 probably would have been better than this Scream 3, I think the conceit of, like, a Scream 3 that takes place in Hollywood, when the entire rest of the trilogy is, like, building up, like, talking about Hollywood tropes, mm-hmm. is a better idea, just on paper. And I think it's, like... Again, it's very rough around the edges, but I love what a lot of it's going for at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think it... It definitely also, like, 
is really interesting in today's context of like true crime being like the most popular thing Mm -hmm. like ever especially like um the whole uh gabby petito of it all um she's have you heard about that oh the the tiktok thing right wasn't she like I a mean, TikToker and then like no, a, she she was like an Instagram Instagram like, blogger, but I'm trying not. Yeah, I like I I the the boyfriend and yeah, she's yes. like she's like from like around like where I'm from, and oh. um, it's very much like a which obviously it's like very devastating, but it very much immediately before she was even confirmed to be dead, um. And I'm sorry to be, like, talking about this. I know it's, like, kind of upsetting. For, but, like, um, before she was even confirmed to be dead, it immediately turned into, like, a... Oh, I can't wait to see the Netflix documentary about this. And, like, they haven't even, like, found the guy yet. And people are already, like... And people are, like, playing investigator. And, like... and And in some instances it does help like they were able to like track like his van or something in the background of like another vlogger's like video or something like that but like yeah it's um everyone wants to like get into true crime and stuff and nobody really i i think it's really difficult to make like true crime content that's like sensitive to like the victims and stuff like that and I think that there's way too much of it um, to the point where people are, like, completely desensitized. And I think that this does a great job of it in that, like, when Sydney and Gail and, like, all the actual people are, like, approaching the set and stuff, people are like, oh, my God, like, I love playing you. Like, give me more insight. And they're like, actually, this is, like, my worst nightmare and I never want to relive any of them. <laughs> like, so... And also, like, obviously, like, Gail's whole character arc of her being basically a journalist who, like, lives off of true crime, like, exploiting it. I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. I don't know. No, that's a, it's a great through, through line, like, from the first movie. Like, that's, <clears throat> that's her entire character in the first movie, right? Is that yeah. she's, like, that's why Sydney hates her so much in the first she's one. She's a piece like, of shite. She fought, I mean... She's, like, maybe the best example, at least in the first movie, of a character I, like, I love to hate. Like, yeah. she, I mean, Courtney Cox, fucking fantastic as Gail in every yeah. single movie. Like, every single one she yeah. comes to play. Um, also, and, you know, I gotta say it. There's no better love story. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fantastic together. Um, yeah. I, even, like, when they're at odds and even when they're fighting, I think yeah. it's, like, the cutest thing ever. And just seeing her, um, Dewey and Gail together, like, it's just, it, it's the best, like, like, honestly, they're the only ones I want, like, stopping crime. Like, yeah, no cops of pride, just Dewey and Gail. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, like, a big plus to this movie. Um, like, the returning cast is really what keeps it going, I think, because, like, a lot of the new cast members are kind of hit or miss. Yeah. And when I say that, I do not include Parker Posey in that statement because she's fucking fantastic in this movie. I um, think also Elizabeth Banks is um, pretty good in this because she's playing what? like the mo- what? Banks? She's not in this movie. Who is that then? Who are you, who are you talking about? 
because she's not in this movie. Okay. Park, I don't are you talking about talking. the person that plays Gail? I'm not even joking. I thought there were two different people, and one of them was Parker Posey, and the other one was Elizabeth Banks. But Elizabeth, I mean, Parker Posey, like, wears a wig at some points and doesn't wear a wig at other points. That's Don't insane. listen to me. Ignore me. Jesus Christ. The way, like, my brain, like, rotted immediately. Yeah. Um, I- <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they could play sisters in a movie. They're similar. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna stop talking. Patrick Warburton, though. Yeah, Kronk. Um, we love good Kronk. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? Kronk. <laughs> Let me just change the subject really quick. Love Patrick Warburton. Was so sad that he died so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I um, he, it's always a pleasure to see him in a movie, and this is kind of a perfect role for him in the fact that he has like two scenes, and um, two scenes are hilarious. One is like mm-hmm. he he calls Dewey Dewdrop. And mm-hmm. the other is like when Parker Posey is like tired of standing, she just like jumps in his arms and he carries her. Yeah. Um, which is like hilarious. Like that shot always cracks me up, no matter how many times I see it. Um, and then he fucking dies, and like it's it's just funny. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like a lot of the side characters in this one, I don't really care about other than the ones we just mentioned. And that's kind of a bummer because even in like in Scream 2 and 4, like I love a lot of the supporting cast in those movies. But mm-hmm. I think these characters are just, it, it kind of turns into a typical horror sequel in that sense where everyone surrounding the main cast is kind of there to be killed. Yeah. And I don't have like an issue with that innately. It's just if the other movies didn't do it so good, I wouldn't mind, but they really do it that good in the other ones that it's kind of a bummer that I probably couldn't tell you any of the other characters' names. Yeah. Um, and it's also, like, they're quite literally there to die because mm-hmm. they figure out so early on, and this isn't, like, a fault of the movie, but they figure out so early on that, like, they are going to be killed off in the same mm-hmm. order as the characters that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So they are quite literally, like, disposable yeah and and And, like like, they're trying to play other characters they don't have like any backstory or characteristics to them um one thing i feel like we'd be remiss not to bring up courtney cox's bangs yeah um (laughs) (laughs) uh so as a kid i think i was pretty um you know pretty like I, i i knew things like i knew things were bad as a kid yeah. like I was like yeah that's that's bad but I I never really knew how bad the bangs were until Twitter pointed it out you know I have to say it so Twitter always uses like the same two screenshots from this movie to like criticize her bangs they're really not terrible throughout the movie I will say in her first scene where she's like speaking to the class like yeah. they're awful and that's yeah scene. like her she has the rest of her hair like them yeah, she has the rest of her hair, like, slicked back. So her yeah. bangs are, like, sticking out all over. But when she has her hair down and she has, like, nice, like, choppy layers, I was like, it's not terrible. On the actual movie poster, they look pretty bad. Um, um, but so, a lot of the haircuts in this, I was like, I need a hair trim. I'll take any of these bitches to the salon. You heard it here first, guys. If you subscribe to the Kira needs a haircut tier, she will get 
the um, Courtney Cox and Scream 3 cut. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know about that one. There in this. It was nice and choppy and it was cute. I like um, Sydney's hair in this one. Like, That's what I just up. said. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. Right, I was checking my phone right with Sydney. <laughs> 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 Um, we need to make merch for the pod that's like similar to like what super yaki does but it's just like all of our stupid ass mistakes like elizabeth banks in scream three <laughs> and this is a picture of parker posey i'm just like girl she ain't in this um <laughs> no like the like the end credits when it's like always like the people's names right. with like a montage of their face it's like Elizabeth Banks, but it's just like the picture of Parker Posey, like in the credits font. <laughs> and then you want to steal a car logo. Yeah. The font. <laughs> By the way, I hope that comes back in Scream Five. I want that font back. Um, I'm sure it will. Did it come back? Scream, Scream Four, they don't have it, but um, Scream, I'm sure it will. Everyone's all about nostalgia these days. Um, and I hope it also cuts to credit with that, like. Uh, red right hand song because it's fucking awesome mm-hmm. um honestly we don't talk about that song enough. like the, the halloween theme is iconic and like you know the freddy's coming for you is iconic um but that song is like super synonymous with like uh with scream and i love it every time i hear it like it's just so yeah chilling. um so yeah i mean i don't know this one is it's hard to talk about this one because like a lot of the deaths aren't even worth talking about like mm-hmm. even when they like go like really big like the fucking house exploding um yeah that was um literally like Ghostface really said whoever smelled it dealt it like uh oh <laughs> stinky <laughs> Ghostface really did say uh oh stinky yeah I'm currently crossing out um a note with Elizabeth Banks name in it just gonna cross that out really quick also mcdreamy check um yeah so like every actor that showed up so as you all know by my slip up of elizabeth banks all i know is like celebrities faces um like i'm really bad with like the names of like actors and people that were like around um in like 2000s movies i guess but Every single person that showed up, I was like, whoa, this this cast is uh, stacked. And the cameos, of course, um, fucking Carrie Fisher. Um, yes, love that Also, scene. when Lily from uh, Princess Diaries, like, pops out of the trailer or whatever, it was literally, like, a jump scare, but, like, happy. Like, I was like, oh, That's my Randy's God. Randy's sister. Literally, she just is the same exact character as she is in Princess Diaries. Apparently she's in Scream 5, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I would literally die. Because it takes place in Woodsboro again, so I think it shows her, like, as a adult. Know, adult. Yeah. I hope she's still wearing the same outfits and has, like, I those, would... like, yellow sunglasses and, like, little, like, baby t-shirts. Doesn't she have, like, a cheetah print pant, like, in this one? Probably. Um, probably, yeah. It's wild. Um, very, like, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, I love when she pops up the trailer and then Sydney's like, Randy's sister. And they was like, yeah, can't you tell? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I literally had no idea who you were. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like the cameos are pretty out of this world. I think the Carrie Fisher one is obviously the best one. Um, yeah. It's it's really funny. Like it's really. I'm curious why she did it because like she didn't need to obviously because she's Carrie Fisher. So I wonder if she was like a fan of these movies or if she it was like a favor to a to somebody. But yeah, because like it, I don't even know. Like I I I want to believe that she was just a fan of these movies and she agreed to it. It's a really yeah. funny scene. It's really also good. like her talking about like sleeping with George Lucas or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a joke that she make like quite often. Um, yeah. And like it's just funny. Like she plays like a um she plays a person who tried to make it in Hollywood, uh, but now she's like working at a front desk because she lost yeah. her role of Leia to Carrie Fisher, and <laughs> it's it's just really 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 funny and i usually think that like jokes like that are like annoying or whatever but carrie fisher can literally do whatever she wants she's fantastic as always like the old like self-loathing like oh like i lost out on that part like two times in which this has worked in millennial canon history this and when brendan fraser beats the shit out of himself on the set of looney tunes back in action pretty great yeah um yeah, those are the two genders. Um, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's a great scene. And I think that's like one of the examples of this movie, like having humor that actually works. Like there's some humor in this movie that I don't care for, but mm-hmm. um, in, in those instances, I think the, the humor actually works a lot. Yeah. Um, and like another thing about this movie, like I know we talked about like how it treats Sydney as like a... Um, like how it treats her as a character and her trauma and all that. Yeah. The one thing I didn't love about it was all the dream sequences in this movie. Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it feels like it would have been more effective if they just kept it with the other stuff because, you know, the other stuff is just so... It, it takes place so much in reality, right? Like, yeah, and I feel like it's almost like... Not that she's, like, gotten over her mom or anything, obviously, because why would she ever get over something like that? I think that it has progressed so far beyond her mom being, like, the number one trauma in her life because she's literally, like, seen all of her friends get, like, killed off and stuff, like, in front of her, basically, and has been getting stalked for, like, over like I don't even know how many years five years mm-hmm. um and I just I don't think it's unrealistic but she's also never had like these like visions of her mom before and I think it's much more realistic in like the second one when she I, I can't really remember she wouldn't have like visions of like ghost face but it would be more of like a like She's, well, like, always on edge and is always, like, I don't know. Well, the second one takes place, like, roughly a year after the first movie. And she's yeah. being reminded of it just because the movie's coming out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, you want to talk about, like, a statement on, like, how quick, like, film and TV go to capitalize yeah. off tragedy. Like, yeah. the entire conceit of, like, stab in these movies is, like, the perfect, like, you mm-hmm. know, metaphor for that. And, um... No, I agree with you about, like, the whole mom thing, and especially because this movie doesn't really need to do that, like, with the entire plot, like, hinging on it without the visions. Mm-hmm. Like, 
because I like the way they tied the mom back into like with the Hollywood setting. I think that's really interesting. Mm. I just think like because Sydney has those visions before she even gets like down to Hollywood. Like yeah. it's like a separate thing and it doesn't feel connected at all. And it's like like I, I know that because Cotton died at the beginning and then that's what triggers it. But it just feels like very unnecessary on a narrative level. And the movie would have been like a lot cleaner had it just removed those. Like it just feels very cheap and scream never really goes for those cheap scares and those like really supernatural kind of things. And yeah, because it's like it's not even scary. It's just like, all right, there's this supernatural element now. It it just feels really, really pointless, quite frankly. That's what it feels like. Mm. Like it's not offensively bad. It just feels like less is more sometimes. And I think yeah. Wes Craven knew that. Like that's why when he made Scream 4, like he really set out to like redeem himself. Mm-hmm. Um, without like spoiling that one too much like it takes place in a high school again and it's like mm-hmm. it's 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 very much like a reboot and it feels entirely like I didn't get to make the Scream 3 that I wanted to make like a lot of yeah. people consider Scream 4 to be their Scream 3 yeah. um, and I don't necessarily agree with that like I think at the end of the day especially like the the note that this movie ends on I'm like satisfied with it as, a, as like a closing chapter mm-hmm. but there are elements of it that I just think Again, I'm just curious, like, how Kevin Williamson, you know, the guy who, like, wrote the first draft of Scream when he was, like, broke in his apartment and, like, binge-watching scary movies, (laughs) you know, I'm just curious how he would have written these characters. Like, it's just kind of weird to me that in the final chapter, you pass it to a writer with, like, barely any experience, and -hmm. you expect him to, like... Because, I mean, Kevin, like, consulted with the script, but it wasn't, like, even a co-writing situation, I don't believe. Yeah. I think it's just, he got a story by credit, and that's it. And I think that's the fault at the end of the day. It's just the screenwriter change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, trying to think about well, what I would even change about this. Well, I think... Well, like, one thing to bring up, or, like, to continue off that, I think, is, like, going further into, like, the whole mom subplot of this movie, which is, Mm -hmm. like, that leads to, like, the killer and, like, the third act, which I, on paper, I love it. Like, I think, like, the idea of it is, like, great. Mm -hmm. Execution's a little flimsy, but, um, so the idea is that uh, Maureen, like, tried to get to Hollywood, um, Men of power abused her a lot. Mm. Um, they tried to cover it up. And her death is like a bigger conspiracy than Sydney really knew about. Mm. Um, and I find the most fascinating part of that. Honestly, like the whole like the twist that she has a brother is like kind of hit or miss for me. But like mm. the idea that he kind of just like pushed Billy off the edge from the first scream. Yeah. And just, like, kind of told him, like, what's up? Like, hey, your girlfriend's mom, like, fucked your dad. Mm-hmm. Caused your parents to split. And without even, like, the intent of, like, starting, like, a killing spree, it just kind of happened, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then he got inspired by that. And I think that's kind of, like, it, it's problematic, probably, like, in its core. Not, like, on a moral level but like just on a screenwriting level I think it's like yeah it's like hard for me to like 
like I would need to see like a chart I think yeah in order to like understand that I like I get it like I understand it like actually I think it narratively like on a like literal like timeline level it checks out mm-hmm. um but there's another part of me where it, it still feels like unnecessary mm-hmm. like I feel like you could have a half brother come in and be upset about the whole like Maureen thing yeah without having to say like he's he's the reason Billy did what he did it's very yeah. like Riverdale <laughs> it's very like Rise of Skywalker very soapy very soapy very Rise of Skywalker I think oh yeah yeah um your parents did sell you to protect you like shut up <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. um yeah I don't know like I think also I the big issue I have with like the third act of this movie um, the guy who plays her brother, the director, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily a bad actor, but he's just kind of giving like nothing. Like it, it's not give us nothing. That's basically what it is, right? Because like, um, well, you have Billy and Stu in the first two, um, mm-hmm. fucking Laurie Metcalf eating it up in the second one mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Um, Tempe Oliphant, um, and then you have this one, and it's like. Again, he's not, like, bad. Like, he's not, like... There's not, like, one scene in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's a bad line reading. Like, he's not bad in it. But he's not good, either. <laughs> like, it's just kind of... It's just kind of bland. Like, you know what I mean? It... Mm-hmm. There's, like, I don't feel, like, intimidated by him. I just feel like... What I don't know. He's just... Guy. Yeah, he's just goofy. That's, like, that's exactly it. It's it just goofy. Um, Yeah, I mean, how did you feel about the whole, like his entire reveal and all that shit i honestly was like i don't know there was just too much going on you know i was like now they're in a house (laughs) (laughs) now they're in a house there's people running around i kind of like people are in the walls yeah the set is cool the set the set is really yeah no, that's, I mean, I like, the, I mean, there's a lot of, like, goofy-ass, like, doubts in this, like, in this part of the movie, like. Not even, wanna, like, a necessarily good way, though. Yeah. Like, I, I would say neither good or bad. It's just kind of. Yeah, it's just, like, why? Yeah, I think the funniest one is, like, when he, like, fucking pulls the rug out under the guy and just fucking, like, breaks his neck and then tosses yeah. him off the building. Yeah. Like, like, what? Like, <laughs> Ghostface is fully going like Scooby Doo on this shit now. Like it's yeah, it's it's funny. It, it's really funny. Um, I think Parker Posey is given like the worst, most anticlimactic death of like all time. Yeah, it's shot. Do we like accidentally shoots her? Right? No. Um, it's is it, I think it's no. He like uh, what do you call it? Ghostface kills her, and then he shoots the glass, and then just lets the body fall out. Oh, like, okay. I thought he her. accidentally shot her through no. the glass. I know it's funny. I was when I was rewatching because I watched it last week because before it left HBO Max, I just had to watch it. Yeah, I paid two ninety nine for this shit. I I thought of you and I was gonna text you that day, but I was like, she's not gonna watch it a week early. Um, so I um, barely remember the movie now, and I watched it at like five p.m. today. You think I would watch it last week and then cover it today? No, absolutely. No, that's not. why I didn't text you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, uh, but no, like, I, but when I was watching last week, I'm like, Kira's gonna think Dewey like shot her, like, because <laughs> it looks that way in the movie. That's what it looks like happens. Yeah. But if you if you like 
if you're like me, a fucking loser who's seen this like 15 times, you um, Ghostface goes in for the stab and then it cuts quickly to Dewey shooting the glass. And then, yeah, it's yeah. like a whole Han Solo situation. It's so stupid. Like, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think honestly, the dumbest thing in literally the entire franchise, um, and it's so dumb that I have to laugh at it. Um, mm. fucking Dewey getting knocked out by the um the the grip of the knife, the mm-hmm. handle of the knife. It's okay. Ghostface yeah. fucking throws it by the blade at Dewey. Like, it like spins and then hits him in the head. All the way up a staircase. Up like knives don't fly vertically up, and they <laughs> it fucking knives don't fly vertically up. Period. Like they don't <laughs> and. <laughs> and it fucking hits him in the forehead and this fucking idiot stumbles down the stairs and gets knocked out and Gale has to like rescue his ass it's the I dumbest mean, I, fucking scene I think in each of the movies there's just like those moments that's just like fucking stupid that happened to Dewey and then Gale comes to the rescue um so yeah I I I appreciate that. But it, but this is the dumbest one, right? Like yeah. it's 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 really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I mean I don't like hate it because it's it, it, it like it it's so dumb that it exceeds it. Like it it goes to like camp levels almost. Like it's yeah. like okay, yeah, sure. Um and even at the end when they're um when they're showing off and fucking Dewey like shoots him like 80 fucking times and so it's mm-hmm. like Dewey the head! Shoot him in the head! Yeah, he's just shooting him directly into the bulletproof vest. <laughs> and, like, you know, not that I'm, like, knowledgeable about guns and bulletproof vests and everything, but if you get shot with a bulletproof vest, you still, like, fly. Like, you still, like, end up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, it still hurts you. And this motherfucker is just running in space, like he's Scooby-Doo. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so funny like when Dewey's shooting he's just like running back and forth and it's like okay if you're trying to kill Dewey run at him yeah like he's literally like running like in zigzags and like <laughs> and it's like dude fucking go at it like I'm rooting for Ghostface at this point I'm like just lunge at him do something like yeah. he's the most incompetent Ghostface killer out of all the movies and it like if Dewey fucking kills you like if Dewey has the final word you know you fucked up <laughs> yeah it's so dumb um but yeah it ends with him getting shot in the face um because it, it is a callback to earlier in the movie when randy is like you know you have to like basically like blow his head off or like freeze him or something to you know take care of the final villain but um yeah i don't know it's just kind of anticlimactic it, like the whole into the house scene, I think. Yeah, I think it's especially nice. Um, I mean, not, like, nice. I don't know. I don't care. But, I mean, I care about Sydney as a character, and I think that her kind of showing a little bit of, like, not, like, mercy, but, like, as... Um, um, sorry, I just got distracted. As Roman is, like, dying, she just, like, holds his hand... And he just, like, passes away. But then, like, I like that moment. 
Like, I actually... Yeah, like, I don't really care about, like, the context of it, but I think that that's, like, a good characterization of Sydney's character. No, I like that moment a lot, actually. Like, I think it's a really, like, powerful moment, because it's, like, mm-hmm. this is a guy, like, who never really got over his trauma from the mom, and, like, you know, Sydney's entire character arc is, like, she has gotten over that trauma, and mm-hmm. she's better for it. Like, she is a healthier person, and just like holding him as he dies like mm-hmm. I, I guess that's also why i hate the whole like when he pops back up and do has to like shoot him like it, it, it just negates the entire emotion of the previous scene mm-hmm. sydney goes through that with him yeah and it it just feels pointless like i don't know like i it, like a lot of shit in this movie it feels unnecessary like less yeah. is more sometimes it really is um but that being said uh the the last like five ish whatever minutes of this movie mm. um it was a i think it's a reshoot because i think they tested it and it's supposed to just end after yeah. they kill ghostface like all the other ones do right um and apparently i think i could be wrong about this but i think test audiences were like it feels very anticlimactic mm-hmm. and so they uh, they shot an additional like you know to close it up and i really love the ending like the yeah. actual I think it's, um, you know, between Dewey and Gail, you know, proposing. Uh, it's, like, very, it's very cozy. It's well, about the found family. I, I love that, like, um, line that he tells her. It's like, you know, it's probably not going to work, but what if we're wrong, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. But I also think the the ending with Sydney like leaving the door open mm-hmm. and just like being content with that and like walking out of frame. Yeah, because of- the movie like her the one of the first things we see of her as a character is her like locking her door like three times. It's the yeah. growth. It, it it's it's so good. Like the the for all the gripes I have with this movie and like all the you know like little fanboy <laughs> like complaints mm-hmm. I have the actual final shot of this movie is literally perfect like mm-hmm. it it's it's a perfect close to the trilogy it's a perfect close to her character arc for three movies it it says so much in one shot and i can't get over it like i every time i think about it i get emotional like i think it's literally the perfect ending for sydney until they yeah. bring her back the other ones but yeah it, it's really good um yeah i, I love it yeah i mean Any uh, any any final thoughts? Or... I mean, those were my final thoughts. Yeah, I I don't really. Usually, you're the one that asks me. <laughs> Curator, you have any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go see the first one in theaters again, and to see the trailer for the new one. When you guys hear this, we're gonna be three days away from seeing the trailer four days whatever yeah um i can't wait um i fully believe the new one will be like the best sequel i i and that's a high bar for me because scream 2 and scream 4 are great movies but Mm -hmm. i i can't fucking wait um even just the idea that like scream's coming back into like the culture like Mm -hmm. that just gets me excited yeah, um, 
I, yeah, I'm really excited. Cool yeah. queen. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I'm just trying to piece words together. Um, the trailer's not coming online, I'm pretty sure, and it's not going to be out for, like, a while. I mean, obviously, um, people are going to, like, leak it, but it's, like, only on this release for a little bit, I think. It It's probably going to go online, like, in a few days later, because I, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to play it in front of Halloween Kills the following Friday. Ah, that makes sense. Because the movie comes out in January, so, like, yeah. they can't really hold off too long. Yeah. Um, and three months is, like, Paramount's, like, marketing window now with movies. Yeah. Like, they, that's because, I know, budgets and everything, they're, like, condensing it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I prefer it. Like, the fact that the Spider-Man trailer came out, like, three months before a movie and, like, you know, other shit, like, the marketing window's yeah. just, like, shrinking. Like, I kind of like... We should have a smaller marketing window because I'm sick and tired of seeing the trailer for that, um, that freaking fake Hugh Jackman, um, money laundering scheme of a movie that looks like Serenity. I know it already came out. I don't see the trailer anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, this like, came out a month ago, girl. Yeah, no. Girl, it's no. definitely a fake movie. It looks like Serenity, which is a great movie. Um, um no, first of all, but, um, <laughs> you don't like Serenity. It's objectively terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I love it so much. It's so bad. I, I mean, the ending's hilarious, but, like, the road to get there is, like, unbearable. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, as someone who has seen Reminiscence, um, I agree. It's a fake movie. (laughs) It it doesn't exist. (laughs) Money laundering scheme. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was our Scream episode. Um, Hopefully it didn't make you scream. But hopefully it made you scream with delight and excited for more fun, spooky content throughout the month of October. Delight. Um, <laughs> God, kill me. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys can follow me on at, uh, Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler um, and my other podcast, the Aggressively Okay podcast. And um I, I won't be talking about British people ever again. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, I was recently on friend of the pod. We bought a mic to talk about Popeye, which um, let me just put it this way to get you excited to listen to that episode. Um, I panicked and asked them to cover Popeye. And then five minutes into watching the movie, I said, why the fuck did I ask to cover Popeye? Um, and that's basically the whole energy of the episode. So it was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. We love them here. So go stream. We bought a mic. They're covering Robin Williams. Yes, I um, will be on their um, their Night at the Museum episode at some point. Um, I believe they're not doing that until 2022. So yeah, yeah, it'll, they're doing like the first half of his career right now. So. Um. Yeah, I was in the group chats when they were describe like uh, deciding like what they wanna what they wanna pick, and um, I know like even the Twitter polls they did like came down to like a bunch of other movies, and mm. I think they had a lot of good choices. But Robin is like, yeah, like that's yeah, a, that's a great pick. It's a great so. series to have. Um, so yeah, and then 
follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon. Um, DM us if we accidentally offend you. Um, and then I'll have Adam prepare a statement to read on the pod the next week. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, any cars out there type mufflers, like if I offended you tonight, like just let me know. Like if you're a self-aware car, like yeah. feel free to write about it. Um, Ain't also that voice- the movie that won the Palm do? <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, go stream Titan in theaters because it's, it's 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 fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, Adam loves it because he loves when cars have type mufflers. I just yeah, I really. If you if any of you have seen Titan, Titan, I don't know how to say it. The funny thing about that movie is everyone pronounces it differently, and I don't know how the fuck to say it. Um, but if you guys have seen that movie, you know why. Like just in the first five minutes, you know why I like it. Um, but yeah, I God. I hope no one takes me too seriously with that one. Um, yeah, but also voicemails. I want more voicemails, um, especially in October. We're talking about spooky movies. If you have any affinity for the ones we cover, please let us know. We'd love to hear it. Or even non-affinity, if you just have something to say. Yeah. All right. Um, Titan. Titan. Tits? Titan. And? Oh. Titan. It means titanium. I'm yeah, I'm aware. Titan. Okay. Well. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>